So abundance is the byproduct of your own happiness. So just be happy, choose to be happy, and you will be abundant. Welcome back to another episode of Voices of the Goddess, where brilliant women come to take a break from their successful and sometimes overwhelming lives to level up, live free, and create abundance. If your hectic life has you feeling a bit lost, if you're building your career brand or business, or if you simply want to get the most out of life, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Julieta Wenzel, founder of Body and Soul PT and Soul Candy. And I'm your co-host, Graciela Laurent, professional portrait photographer specializing in boudoir and personal branding. Whether you're relaxing with a cup of coffee or running around town, we've got you. Whatever you're doing, thanks for bringing us along and sharing a laugh. Here comes the magic. Hi, Hi everybody. <laughs> Hello, runners. Hello, oversleepers. Hello, tea drinkers, coffee drinkers, cacao aficionados. I was going to say, you got you to mention the cacao. You got to mention the cacao. Absolutely. Last night, you know, we had that awesome uh, foodie event that we went to, and I got an opportunity to talk about cacao and uh, we were talking to a pharmacist, so I got to use all the big words related to it. <laughs> I missed uh, that part of the conversation. Did she know what you were talking about? Oh, yeah, for sure. I pulled up like theobromine and like all of these long names that I have to keep reading phonetically, like just like when I was a kid, right? Break it down into syllables. Um, but it was really cool because from a clinical standpoint, she understood the message of cacao on such a different level, right? Like, I always explain to people how it's, you know, focusing creativity and energy, but she understood the chemical composition of it as a pharmacist. So she's a PhD, you know, that, so that, that was really cool. That was really neat, but what a cool event, right? Yeah. Well, and so you're sitting with the pharmacist in front of you and then you had a chef sitting on the other side of you. Like I wondered, like, did the chef feel any like extra pressure because there was another chef like eating his food but I thought I, you know, cause I was, I was in the middle. So I had the conversation on the left right. and I had the conversation on the right, but I was curious. Um, I suspect you were getting a lot of the, the, the chef talk over there about Absolutely. Like, the balances of the flavors and yada. yada. It was really interesting. You know, he's um, the gentleman sitting next to me is a private chef. And so it was kind of funny because he was talking about, um, that the other day he made tacos, right? Because I was like, what do you make? Like, is it like, you know, duck confit every day? Like, what, 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 do you, what, is, what happens when you have a private chef? And he's like, some days you make tacos, you know? So as we're talking about like run-of-the-mill tacos, you know, we're being served this incredible food with like 10 layers of flavors that every time you take another bite, another bit of flavor comes out and you're like surprised. And at one point, I forgot what I said. It was something like, oh, that was a surprising, that was so delightful. And then I looked at him and I go, oh, do I sound like a food snob? And he's like, it's just the right amount. That's what he said. He said it was just the right amount of food snobbery. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like it's been, been a while since I attended an actual foodie event and, uh, it definitely made me miss the events because, um, 
I like I almost never go out to eat anymore because restaurants bore the shit out of me. And I'm blaming the American palate out there, which wants their chicken nuggets and French fries. And I implore you all, like, give other food a chance. I will tell you, I don't think it's about the palate. I think it's about consumerism. I think it's about sales and money. And that's really the problem. Because if we could eat the the depth and the breadth and the just... Um, full experience that we had last night, if we could eat like that at an everyday affordable rate, then sure, we could absolutely live like that, right? Like someone, I saw, you know, me and my TikToks, it was a TikTok the other day, and they said um, that, you know, how other uh, places are different, you know, and someone said, um, what's missing in the American culture is the third space. So work is one space, home is another space. And third is like a public park or a community where you everybody goes after work. So after work, if you can buy a beer or a wine and a croissant for $2, well, of course, after work, everybody gets together, you know, and they were, I think what they were talking somewhere in the Netherlands, I want to say, but that everybody gets together after work and the plaza is full of people and even children are running around and playing till eight, nine o'clock at night. Could you imagine our mental health as a country, how much better it would be if we had places to congregate, right? That were affordable, that were easy to walk to, that were built comfortably, you know? Our best, our benches are as uncomfortable as possible. God forbid someone who's experiencing homelessness wants to lay down. Um, we don't have the pricing of food to fit. A, a, an everyday easy lifestyle. So that's that's why you end up with mac and cheese and chicken nuggets because you can mass produce it for a couple of dollars. I'm going to stop before my TED talk goes nuts, but you see what I'm saying? So I, I don't blame Americans. I blame a culture of consumerism run by big companies. Thank you for coming. Okay. But what I'm going to say is like, I, I've talked to a lot of chefs and they try and put more interesting food on the menu the price is the same as the other food, but people don't buy it. They don't order it. They go back to eating the same thing they always eat. Because it's how they're raised. But you can make the choice to try something different. That's all I'm asking. If you can afford it, if you can make it part of your everyday life, sure. No, but but what I'm saying is like at a restaurant, the menu, like they put, they'll experiment and put a unique item on the menu. It doesn't cost more than the other items but people won't order it because they don't want to step outside their comfort zone. And so they end up taking these things off the menu and putting the same things that are there because that's what the people order. Sure. So I'm just inviting and challenging people to try something different, try something new. That's Amen. All, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> Small ass. I want to change the entire culture, but you know, you can just ask that. That's fine. Well, I want to change the entire world, but um, baby steps, baby steps, you know, all right. if if you're listening, your assignment for today is try something new on the menu, please. Yeah. And then tell us about the experience. I love it. All right. Let's bring our, and our guest could talk about, um, all kinds of stuff that we're talking about here because she is Italian. But welcome to our stage, everyone, Miss Plena Tatapia. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. 
So I know who you are. Graciela a little bit knows who you are, but our audience doesn't know who you are. So please introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit who you are, what you do, and what keeps you passionate. So I'm Ratam <laughs> in my entirety. Um, so I am a property manager, but I'm yoga teacher and I have a beautiful space. My mission in life is holding space for people. And I learned that really early and I try to get better every time. <laughs> and like women like you inspire me. <laughs> Aww. Um, I will say like one of the things that I love about you is that you can find the beauty in everyone's soul. Like uh, sometimes I, I have this like little, you know, evil person on my shoulder that I call Judge Judy that finds it <laughs> really easy to judge people that don't try new food. <laughs> and Renata, like a person can be annoying the shit out of me. And Renata will point out to me how wonderful that person is and that allow me to see them in a different light. So um, I, I appreciate that about you. <laughs> um, as I age, definitely Judge Judy is um, becoming quieter and quieter and she speaks up less, but she hasn't fully died yet. <laughs> no, uh, and I think it's good. <laughs> it's good to have a little of... Uh... Discernment, a little discernment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Renata, I'm super curious. You said that um, you knew from a long time ago that your mission is to hold space for people. And I'm just curious of what your origin story is. Like, how did you know that that was your mission? What is your earliest memories of, of being in this way? Oh, wow. Uh, for sure, like uh, my childhood helped me to do that, uh, having like parents that were going to split uh, and try to keep them together. <laughs> that one was like my first attempt. <laughs> but then like uh, with time, actually, I create communities and a group of friends. Uh, every time that I just enter in a new adventure that can be a new sport or classes, and I was trying to integrate uh, all these new beautiful souls that I met uh, with my the old people that I think are beautiful. And uh, that was uh, uh, my first big uh, part. Uh, and every time that I change the city and I move, uh, unfortunately, like I wasn't able to make this group survive in the way that I liked. There was attachment in that. I learned that and I'm trying to get better on it. <laughs> but yes, and every time that I go back, uh, these groups just uh, reform uh, and we have a beautiful experience. So yeah, these ones were like uh, really early between like 13 and 18, 19 years old. Wow. So when that first started coming up for you, what limiting belief did you have to let go of to really accept that, you know, particularly at such a young age? Like, what was that voice in your head? What, was it clear or was it like, oh, what was your doubts, if anything? Oh, but uh, uh, there was, it's not, wasn't really conscious at the beginning. Just these things happen around me, and I was the colant uh, of groups. 
uh, when it happened really like on a conscious level, it was when uh, I arrived to US and I didn't have any friends. <laughs> like language was difficult. <laughs> Communication was difficult. <laughs> but yeah, so then like I realized that it was uh, not only important for me, but like it was something that uh, I was just guided in some way to do it. Uh, and uh, it actually, as I said, if here in US is actually activate part of the spiritual. I have a big change on that. <laughs> uh, I have like a great experience in uh, the sensory deprivation tank in Albuquerque when I move. And I was like absorbed by this white light. And was like, just love, create a love around you, love the people around you. <laughs> that was the message. And I saw this huge group of people. <laughs> wow. Talk to our audience a little bit about um, the sensory deprivation tank. Uh, you know, they're becoming more popular. There's, you know, there's a few businesses here in town that um, are offering so, these services. Meditation for dummies. Like, did you ever read the book for dummies? Getting in the tank is meditation for dummies. Because no matter what, uh, your brain is going to reach theta waves. There are like the meditation waves, the really deep problem-solving waves in our brain. And you will reach no matter what. When you are able to relax, your brain is going to to create and form the waves and uh, more you go in the tank, easier is stay in that state and uh, easier is for you even to, because you already created a neuro pattern at that point. So it's easier to just go back in that same state when you are meditating outside in your garden. So ah. the, uh, yes, the tank, I call it meditation for dummies because before trying the tank, I didn't have idea what was the difference between meditation, the different stages of samadhi or even visualization. Instead, the tank gave me like huge lessons <laughs> and um, be able to recognize the different stages. So the sensory deprivation tank, if they, um, the, the people don't know, it's a little swimming pool with warm water at the temperature of your skin, saturated with Epsom salt. The thing is like you uh, flow uh, naturally, there is, is one feet of water, so you cannot drown. And the fact that you have uh, that, uh, you don't have the gravity force and you don't have the thermoregulation uh, and you don't have lights and nothing that can distract you is uh, like a date with your mind. <laughs> So I can be strange. <laughs> I catch myself lying to myself. <laughs> um, I've I've floated a number of times, and I I really enjoy it. Um, I don't float a lot because my purple hair does not like the salt water. <laughs> but I've talked to a number of people who've you know they've gone in once and they've hated it and they never go back. Like, ah, uh, do you have any advice for that? I feel like at least three, five times, three to Try five times, at least three, five times, because unfortunately, like, uh, uh, you got to be aware and comfortable with the environment. Uh, I'm not a fish, so I wasn't 
comfortable even to stay in water and so be able to relax or relax your neck be able to be in that stage or require time and uh, even if you don't get to theta wave immediately like second time the third time to me, for me it happened the third time uh, and then i was hooked <laughs> <laughs> that's really great that you shared that because i'm definitely one of those people that um i went one time and i was like meh like it, it was on, like almost too stimulating for me. And I know it's a sensory deprivation tank, but I was just like, it was just too, I don't know. There was something about it that I was like, man, wasn't my thing. Um, but maybe I need to give it three to five times before. Yes, I, uh, I, because from my point of view, door. it's scary. It's yeah. scary. You are closer in this thing and then what you do, but yeah. it's when you finally can really relax like uh, practically you don't feel the water. At one point it's like you are in a, in a portal and like the water disappear and you are floating in space like a bubble there is no body anymore yeah everything so, is yeah, try, try this three five times yeah, when it happening magical it's magical it i will have to try it again i've really enjoyed breath work and i've enjoyed the sound uh bath type stuff you know that i have had like that leave your body kind of experience um, but I'll, I'll try it one more time, two more times, two more, two, I'll try it two more times. That's, we'll okay. see. We'll see. <laughs> so Renata, do you read books in English? Uh, yes, I read books in English. I read, uh, yes, in different languages. Yes. Because Graciela and I are putting together a goddess library, books that we think every, everybody should read. And so what is one book that you would recommend that everyone in our audience? Uh, the Source by Tara Swart. Say that again. The Source by Tara Swart. Okay. Tara Swart is a neurolinguistic and uh, in neuroscience. She's uh, actually had. So she was saying the source. I believe so. And she's frozen up. <laughs> um, have you read that? I am not familiar with that book, which that's what I love this every time. Like we, um, you know, occasionally talk about stopping asking our guests these questions because we think everybody's going to start sharing books that have already been shared. And then people just keep bringing up new books. I, I think I'm going to be reading like uh, indefinitely like I could read 24 7 and not get through all the books I want to read yeah there's a name uh for the the concept that you own more books than you're physically able to read in a lifetime but like that it's okay I forget what the, the name for that is but um yeah that's really interesting um I found the description of it let me go ahead and just read a little bit let's see let's see Renata you there so it's uh, there she goes. I was just going to read a little bit of um, what uh, the source is. It says, uh, a neuroscientist and a senior lecturer at MIT reveals, uh, oh, sorry, same person. She's a neuroscientist and a senior lecturer at MIT reveals the surprising science that supports the law of attraction as an effective tool for self-discovery and offers a guide to discovering your authentic self to access your best life now. Wow. That sounds like the theme of our podcast here. <laughs> Perfect book. It's a beautiful book. Huh? And it's a great teacher. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Amazon. Look at me. I'm on Amazon right now. I'm hitting purchase now. 
beautiful. And you know what? The hardcover is only $3 more, so we're getting the nice ones. I love a hardcover yeah, book. Yeah. You know, it just it feels more magical when the book is hardcover for some reason. I ordered one book recently that um, <laughs> is actually coming like from England. It's a book of poems. I don't know if you've heard Helena Bonham Carter. I know we're going off track, but Helena Bonham Carter, she will read poetry. And she, when I tell you that she like proclaims it, like she, she just, she brings that actress just way of speaking to it. It is absolutely gorgeous. And so I saw her reading out of this book and I'm like, I have to have it. I have to have it. <laughs> Which we still have to take our field trip to that okay, sorry, bookstore that we were talking about. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go to. Um, it's so, called. Yes, it's Say that again. So it's a beautiful book. I'm taking my phone. <laughs> it sounds like the kind of book that you can maybe read a few times. Yeah. <laughs> the joys of internet connection. Sometimes it's awesome, and sometimes it has a mind of its own. <laughs> Oh, we can't hear you again, Renata. So, oh, there she is. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> okay. This is real life, folks. This is it. This is a live broadcast, and these are the things that really happen. Um, so where can people find you? How do they connect to you for your holding space, your meditation, your properties? Uh, Julietta, what what was the name of her company again? It was so beautiful. Something about oh, the floating peacock. The floating peacock. Is that like uh float tank floating peacock? Is that what that is? I don't know if she's not hearing us. Um, so her property is you know here in Fort Lauderdale, and the neighborhood is filled. Yes, I'm filled with peacocks. Yes, I almost sensory deprivation and. We have a lot of peacocks around. Um, so I manage different Airbnbs. In my Airbnbs, you can have free yoga lessons. Beautiful. <laughs> you wake up That's in the morning beautiful. and do practice with me. Different spaces where people can meditate and gardening, plants. A great library. So I will love to see <laughs> what books you have, guys, and add it to my personal one. And yes, it's uh, you can find me a floating peacock. <laughs> there you go, beautiful. So I had mentioned to Graciela this weekend that um, you and I had spoken, Renata, about the possibility of doing one of our retreats at your property because it is it's really magical, special, a good place for for raising vibration. Um, so we always like to leave our audience with. A parting juicy nugget of wisdom. And I know you have a lot of them, but what's one thing that you would really like to, a message you would like to leave our audience with? Oh, like, wow. So abundance is the byproduct of your own happiness. Beautiful. So just be happy, choose to be happy, and you will be abundant. I love that. Um, especially, it's a conversation that's that comes up a lot and especially with the shift in the economy and people um i feel like i've heard so many times in recent months you know like i can't do that because it's not in my butt you know people would normally participate in things and are choosing not to because of fear and scarcity and um 
you know, I, and occasionally I have this conversation with myself, but I'm like, you know, like this foodie event that Graciela and I went to last night, it was the most I've ever paid for a meal in my life. And, but I knew that it was going to bring so much joy and the experience was going to be so unique and interesting. I was like, I'm not letting my scarcity mentality deprive me of this experience. And I'm like, the joy that it will bring me will manifest more abundance in my life. And so I love and me. The joy it brought me. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I love that. Just be happy and, and abundance will flow. Awesome. All right. You got anything else, Graciela? Nope. I am just thrilled and excited to finally have a conversation with the and it's abundance in Canada. <laughs> And I love that your um, I love that your mission of holding space for people is based on that flow and authenticity and just the the beauty of being fully oneself. Thank you so much for sharing of yourself. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and thank you it's to our guy, listeners. Yeah, it's a privilege. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in and check out the show notes on how to get in touch with any of us and uh, be part of our magical, abundant lives. Thanks for joining us today and keeping us in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. Ask us how you can promote your business on this podcast as a sponsor and make sure you check out the show notes for details on how to get in touch with Julieta, Graciela, or today's special guest. We're sending you lots of love and gratitude. Have a magical day.